0: Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant.
2: All right, Brad. We are back after a pretty insane week for <laughs> the Giants and now the Mets. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about Michael Conforto. We'll talk about the twin Rogers coming out of the bullpen from the right and the left side for the giants. But before that, we have a, we have a special guest today. Uh, Charles fraccia is a gentleman who Dan Brown from the athletic wrote a piece on about uh, 1978, where he, his goal was to get all of the signatures from the Giants media guide from uh that year I'm a media guide guy uh, as f- I had the 84 85 86 87 media guides who knows where they are now but <laughs> I was th- I was the kid who knew about the teams before I even knew Giants baseball because I had memorized the media guides so Charles's story is near and dear to my heart but he's not just the media guide guy. He's a longtime fan, and he also does more stuff uh, from a a collecting signatures aspect because Dan Brown's story ends with that Charles needed one signature to get all the uh, Giants. I think it was NLCS MVPs or something like that. Uh, Marco Scudero. He needed to find Marco Scudero's autograph to finish his uh, other collection. So we're going to bring in Charles right now. Charles, how are you? I
3: am doing well.
2: All right. So let's start with what was the last sentence in that Dan Brown piece. Did you ever get the Marco Scudero autograph? I,
3: I did get Marco Scudero. I got all, I think, I think there are five or six of them. Uh, Jeffrey Leonard, Will Clark, Benito Santiago, Cody Ross, um, Marco Scudero, and Madison Bumgarner.
2: Wow. What nice. an
3: eclectic
2: mix of San Francisco Giants, NLCS MVPs.
3: <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. I got. I had a homeless guy, a really nice guy, helped me get Cody Ross. And I'm like, of <laughs> all the guy, you know, I'm like, the, the homeless guy is saying, hey, over there, there's Cody Ross. Go get him. And I'm like, and I ran off and I got Cody Ross, and Cody Ross was like the nicest guy. And I'm thinking, here's this homeless guy in San Francisco who helped me get, you know, Cody <laughs> Ross. I'm like, okay.
4: That's it's amazing. It's like, only
3: in San Francisco can you expect this to happen. And so, I okay. it. It's fun.
2: So the one that I, like, if, if you would ask me to remember all the six MVPs, the one that I would not have gotten I probably would need like three guesses is Santiago. I don't I didn't even remember that.
3: He is the O two NLCS MVP. Wow. Yeah. Because he had yeah, a that, slightly I don't better series than Barry Bonds.
4: Yeah, I don't think I remember that one either. Because when you think about uh, about O two, you think Bell had a fairly decent uh, series, and then Santiago, and then it, it wasn't the pitching.
3: What's for his name? Sure. Kenny Lofton, you know, getting Kenny Lofton getting hit.
4: He had a great series. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Rich Aurelia even had a great series. Yep. I mean, so many other players. So,
3: yeah, right. that's a great one. Jason Schmidt, I think, had a great series. And, you yeah.
4: Know.
2: So, so the reason, uh, part of the, the reason I wanted to have Charles on is because Brad and I have talked about this in the past. Our parents... G- gave us a, uh, you know. Oh God, pretty... I'm as old as your parents. But, no, no, no. Yeah. no.
4: <laughs> no. Not, you not and quite. I are closer in age than yeah, not quite than, than you and my parents. <laughs> but
2: my, our parents gave us a really good understanding of like Giants baseball in the '60s because my dad was born in '54.
3: And my grandparents gave me that understanding too. My, my parents were not baseball fans. I happened upon it by accident, by happy accident, but by accident. You know, my dad date ended up my parents got divorced when I was young and I ended up my dad ended up dating a woman who had two sons who were baseball fans who inoculated me with being a Giants fan.
2: There you go. That works. Yeah. Uh, but but the reason I said that is because my blind spot is the post Willie Mays era of the Giants. And now, what I didn't realize, I was doing a little bit of research. It was
3: not a good era, but okay.
2: <laughs> but in in uh, so, so, Mays gets traded in '72. The '73 team wins 89 games with uh, Gary Matthews and Gary Maddox and Bobby Bonds in the in the in the outfield.
3: Yeah, they had some really good teams and some really good players, and a lot of those players unfortunately got traded off. And I attribute that to Candlestick Park and. You know, Horace Stoneham wanting to stay in the game, but it was not generally a good era. Candlestick, I loved it. I grew up there. It was, you know, I would go out there with my friends, we'd take the ballpark express, you know, but it was generally not a good era with a lot of players being traded off for marginal players. And but I had fun, and it was what made me a Giants fan. And Gordon Kalsik was, you know, I, as I said, inoculated. was, It was like it was always the hope that my team will win the World Series. It wasn't what happened. Right. But it was what I wanted and what I wanted it to be. And, you know, you always go with hope because that's what there is
2: so post 73 then they hit a bit of a bump they don't even they're not even 500 until oh God, no. until 78 which is which is the the season in which you decided to collect all the all the autographs on they they were eighty nine seventy three still third out of six uh in in uh in the they division were hot
3: until like mid-august and then they faded and i you know Somehow it was Vida Blue and Bob Knepper and Ed Halicki. And, you know, it was, you know, and, you know, Bill Modblock playing second base and Daryl Evans at third and McCovey and Mike Ivy and, you know, and it was just, it was fun and exciting and, you know, it grew me in and as I will tell other people, it never let go. And I loved it. And it was like, you know, and as I said, my folks got divorced when I was younger. So my dad's girlfriend, she would drop me and my best friends off at the bus stop. And we would catch the Ballpark Express and go out (laughs) to the ballpark. And, you know, we'd go sit in the bleachers or we'd go sit in the upper deck. And it was fun. And it was not something that I think fans do generally nowadays. And that's okay. I don't begrudge them that, but it was what I did. And so, it was like, I still love seeing, I love seeing families at the ballpark. I love seeing friends at the ballpark. It's like there is a connection within baseball that is there and that is special and that exists. And, you know, I feel it's sad to see, you know, people who aren't. You know, baseball fans, it's like, you know, there's something there that grabs you and pulls you in.
2: So can you tell me a little bit about this? I, I think I keep saying 78, but it's 79 where, where, where the media guide comes in. Um
3: I went with 79 because it had the 78 team. Right, um, right. And the only one who I did not get was Lynn McLaughlin, who died sadly in a house fire. But it was, you know, I went with, the first one I got was Willie McCovey, who my, my father had gone to the World Series in 1962 with my grandfather, who I did not know. And Willie McCovey lined out to Bobby Richardson for the last out of the 62 series. With the tying and winning runs on base, Felipe Lu was on third, Willie Mays was on second. And that was the last out. And the Giants had always thought, we'll be back, you know, at 62. You know, there were no playoff series. You know, they had great players, you know, who didn't, uh, unfortunately, end up staying with the Giants. But it was always, you know, they thought that they would be back. Um, You know, and I was like, you know, kind of like being the Giants fan, I always held out hope. That to me was like, you know, I had hope like from 1978 till 2010. And I was like, you know, it was always, you know, hope. Oh,
2: you know, we we don't go back exactly that far but we very much understand what you're talking about but going back to those late 70s teams my first ever favorite player was jack clark
3: i love jack clark jack clark you know i would watch him play and you know i would always see him you know not always but i would See him overthrow the cutoff man at yeah you know at second base or whatever, but he throws somebody out at third and I'm like <laughs> you know, and I actually I actually saw Jack at an autograph signing in Sacramento. I want to say maybe a month ago. And oh no way! Like it brought all of my memories back, and I was like, I was like, yeah.
2: Is he still, the, the people used, to, I, I never got to meet him. I, you know, every time when I was a kid and I would, you know, you rush down after the game's over, you rush down to the front uh, right by the dugout and you try to get your autographs. I right. never got, I, I, I think I may have, no, actually, I got to see Jack once. I think it was in like a Bay Bridge series game against the A's. Cause I did, I do remember having a Jack autograph on my hat, but he always had the reputation of being like a
3: surly guy. Is that, is that how you saw him? <sighs> Yes and no. I think you know as you age, you get mellower, or more mellow. Yeah, me. and you know he was awesome. I, you know, had a nice time with him. I, you know, feel I. I felt like the Giants gave him kind of short shrift, because he wore the number twenty two. Yeah, and they retired Will Clark's number twenty two, and I always felt like Jack should have been involved with that that you know and i think when they signed will clark they brought him out and he was this high you know hyped player from mississippi state and it was number 22 and it had clark on the back and i'm like it should have been with jack clark and will clark together
2: but he the, the way he leaves the franchise is not in uh, great terms, I guess you, you would say, because oh, it was uh, he wanted
3: they were, out. It was, I don't know if he wanted an out. But, the, but Giants the Giants were
2: also really bad at that
3: time. They were really bad. He was probably, I think he was coming off an, either a knee injury or an ankle injury, and they traded him, and they traded him for probably, the best player they traded him for was Jose Uribe. Who yes, I, yes. Who I always liked, Jose Uribe. And then they got Juan Uribe, his second cousin. I'm like, you know, there's a redemption thing for baseball.
4: <laughs> yes. There's always
3: a redemption thing for baseball. Oh, yeah. But, but I was like, you know, and I was like, and I liked watching Juan Uribe. And, you know, he was not a great player, but he was a good giant. And Jose Aribe, I liked watching generally. And I remember going to one game, and it was they had the quad of candlesticks. And Jose came up in the bottom of the ninth, and it was a tie game, and he actually he actually they threw him down and in. I remember this, and he hit a home run. And I've never seen more disappointed Giants fans <laughs> because they won the game, but they weren't getting the quad of candlestick because it was the bottom <laughs> of the ninth And it was like the most bizarre setting you could ever imagine. And I'm like I- yeah, I love this. this is what being a Giants fan is.
4: Yeah, I I, I always I thought, thought the quad a candlestick
3: not getting the a candlestick.
4: Yeah, I always thought that should have been a temperature thing, <laughs> not an extra innings thing. Get, you temperature would think and wind
3: so, chill. Bob Lurie would think so. You know, yeah. it was in this case, it was not a temperature thing. Charles, <laughs> did was, you
2: go to the eighty four All Star game when it was that I, candlestick?
3: I, I went to the eighty four All Star game. I found somebody selling tickets in the one ads which you have to if you're of my age ilk you have to remember what the one ads were they were like craigslist sure you know and i found somebody and he had you know he had a ticket i went to his uh, his place in north beach paid him a hundred bucks got the ticket met him at the game he actually paid for my concessions which was nice of him and you know went there you know I was meeting up with some friends afterwards. It's always weird to have the pre-internet and the post-internet. And I met, like, friends of mine after the game, and we're hanging out near home plate, you know, in the area behind home plate. And I actually had an 84 All-Star Game program, and I got signed by Orlando Cepeda, who wow. I, I did not know who Orlando Cepeda was, but I was like, cool, I'll get his autograph, you know. I don't know what happened to the program, but yeah. you know it was so cool to. Now I reflect back on it; it's very cool to have met Orlando again.
2: I had the I had the program. I remember the ticket. McCovey's kind of the centerpiece of the whole yes. marketing of that game. Uh, it was very windy. It was very cold, and um, there were
3: a lot of strikeouts.
2: The game, yeah, the game wasn't exciting unless you wanted to see Doc Gooden and Fernando strike everybody on the AL out. Right, uh, but the um. The thing that I do remember is they gave you a souvenir quad candlestick because I
3: had, I still still have one, but yeah, I,
2: I, it's mine is in a scrapbook somewhere. Uh, the button in of itself, I I had, I sort of put it in some, I'm sure that stuff is all gone by now, but I remember that because, so my dad got us tickets. He, he bought, um, the only year we've ever had season tickets, and talk about picking a bad year was was '85 because that's maybe the worst oh. Giants team of all time.
3: But it, losses. Yeah, I was in college. I I remember being I was in L.A. in college, which <laughs> if you can't imagine a worse place to be for your team to lose 100 games, it's L.A. Yeah, yeah. And but I lo- I loved going to school there. And I was like, I managed to talk one of my professors into driving myself and a bunch of people out to a giant Dodger game. And the Giants had lost one to nothing on a home run by Candy Maldonado, who had not come to the Giants yet.
2: He would come the next season, yeah.
3: Yes. But it was like, it was a lot of fun. And then I ended up like seeing another friend of mine who i had known. And it was like, so we hung out in the upper deck. And it was just it was surreal. And it was like, you know, it's like, as I said, you can't imagine a worse year to be a Giants fan than the year you spend in L.A. So.
2: So so the article goes through that one story of your autograph seeking of your collection. Yes. What 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 other? I mean, do you uh, are you mostly an autograph collector or do you also collect
3: memorabilia? Like what is what what are some of the other things that you do? I think I'm both. I collect memorabilia. I am a diehard Giants fan. I, you know, it got inoculated is not the wrong word for me. (laughs) You know, I fell in love with it in 78. I have stuff from earlier years. I have stuff from later years. I have stuff I'm working on now. As I said, being a huge Willie McCovey fan, I am working on autographed baseballs of Willie Mack award winners.
2: Oh, that's, that's interesting. Cool.
3: So, nice. But that around. thing
2: keeps going and going and going. You're never going to ever be finished with it.
3: Um, when I'm in my grave, I'll be finished with it. <laughs> yeah, there <you> go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have the 80s. The only one I don't have is, of course, sadly, Jose Uribe, who, uh, you know, I loved him. He was a good little shortstop. Yeah. You know, had a great arm, had good range, you know, was noted for being traded for Jack Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, who else you got? You got David Green, you got Dave Rasich, you got Dave Le It's like it wasn't good. Yeah.
4: Definitely.
3: And, you know, I the nineties I've kind of given up on. I don't know, you know, because you have not that they're bad players. You had Jeff Kent who got a Willie Mack award, mm-hmm. but the other players were not You know I was able to get Mike Felder, who was a really nice guy who knows baseball, who is a college coach, who just a nice guy. But I sent it off to Sean Dunstan and I never got it back. So I was like, okay, I'll go out and you know, I went out and got another Jeff Kent autograph baseball and I'm like you know, I'm like there were other guys who I wanted to work on. So I'm working on the two thousands and I've got You know, I've got. I'm trying to think of who I have in the 2000s. I'm working on this season. I'm working on Benji Molina, Mm. the guy I've been in for. You know, I. You know, 2010s are kind of exciting because, you know, you have Buster Posey and you have, you know, Javier Lopez and those are the guys I'm who I'm working on. And you have. in 2000, you have Mark Gardner, so it's like you know, there are guys who are around.
2: So, what would you consider um, the re- like? So, so for me, um, there are two but, things that I, the two things that I collect, where it's almost like the chase is even more important than the, the thing chase that I'm getting. Fun. The chase that is, is, is that, fun. that it for you? This is me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, uh, I I, collect... I I
3: remember getting the last autograph in the media guide, and it was like, and I'm walking back to the bus stop, and I'm like, kind of thinking, what the heck do I do now? <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, and I'm in Chicago, and I'm like, you know, I'm at a sports card show, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like kind of befuddled and thrilled, and it was like all these mix of emotions.
2: Yeah, yeah. For sure.
3: And Look, I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, there's got to be something else out there. And I'm like, as a Giants fan, you, you know, and as a baseball fan, you know.
2: And you're kind of in charge of creating your own project. So you could think of.
3: And this is, this is why I went for the Willie Mack Award and the fact that I loved him as a player and, you know, and he was, you know, whenever I met him, he was just, he was really nice and very quiet.
5: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
2: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away, like maybe you like the bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL
5: Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
2: Now, would you consider that media guide your sort of your pri- your prize possession, or are there other things that you've collected that you actually have more? I would,
3: I would more- consider the media, the media guide is, you know, if you've ever watched Indiana jones temple Mm -hmm. doom or something (laughs) it's like that is kind of it you know there were other things that i got you know i went to they used to have photo day i don't know if you remember that yeah and i you know so i went to photo day and i got like photographs of all these players or some of the players or and so i would like now it was like then kind of getting you know now getting the photographs to getting them blown up and getting them signed i mean i met bill madlock i bet met john montefusco i met you know mccabe Haney cruz you know it's like you know that kind of was like it was a lot of fun do you the chase
2: have you doubled back on and had to get like Madlock, have you met him more than once, or is just the the one time that you got? I've met
3: him more than once. I met McCovey more than once. I don't think I met Marlo Fusco more than once. I might have.
2: Do you? Do they remember your story of? Uh, it, it, like, do you remind them of of the story how you met them the
3: time before? I don't think they do. Daryl Evans, maybe, because I met. I went to. God, where did I? I, I had a I had a high school friend. My friend Nick, who I would, Nick, I would get to go on journeys and adventures with me, and Nick, I loved and I still love him, and he's awesome. And doesn't he Nick does not get enough credit for these <laughs> journeys, but he should. And I remember going to God. I went to Half Moon Bay twice with Nick, maybe once to get Bob Nepper. Oh, was, there you go signing there and i talked nick into going to fresno to get no it wasn't fresno it was chico
2: chico yeah
3: to get um darrell levitt who was managing for the long beach armada which was a yeah. semi-pro team playing the chico something.
4: the chico heat yeah, the Chico Heat. Yeah, I okay. used to go up there and watch those Chico Heat games because I was a Chico guy, so I'd go up there all the time, and uh, so we and used to, go used to up have and watch the, the heat train
3: games. That would go yes, yeah, yes. and
4: it was hot. The summer was about <laughs> it was 113, very warm, I
3: remember. <laughs> and it was very warm in Fresno because I went to Fresno yeah. with my friend Nick to get Greg Minton, who was the pitching coach for the Vancouver Canadians.
4: That's cool.
2: Yeah, and then uh, in Dan's story. You you called him Mr. Minton and he said call me Moon Man.
3: Yes. He did.
4: <laughs> that that's how us that's how we knew it. My first game was well, I know, but I always
3: wanted yeah. to be respectful. Sure, I wanted, sure. I always yeah, wanted yeah. Oh, to be yeah. polite and I always said please and thank you. And the other fans who were not polite and who, you know, would say, Give me an autograph or you know, They always annoyed me, and they still annoy me now. Yeah, like I just wanted to be polite and kind and considerate, and you know, that's who I am. That's how kind of my mom raised me, and you know,
2: Warriors head coach Steve Kerr told a story, or he says a lot of times the only people who he would normally say no to is the 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 mom or the dad. Who says? Oh, my little infant really wants to meet you. Can you sign? And the infant is like crying, and he's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, sure." The infant wants this, and you know, it's just like, just be honest, and you know, be. If I
3: ever met Steve Kerr, I would be polite. I'm just, I feel like I'm naturally polite because that's how you should be to people. Right. You know, Do you, have you
2: ever heard of any really nasty ones? I, I heard of a nasty oh. autograph story in the mid '80s. Where Joe Montana, I think this was at. Uh, they used to practice in Napa, I think, and okay. so, so they got done with the, one of the training camp practices, and somebody came up to him and asked for an autograph, and he couldn't do it for, or the, you know, he was like the twenty fifth person in line, and Joe just got through twenty four of them. Tired,
3: and you know,
2: so so he gets in his car. And I guess the the, like there was like a little kid who wouldn't move from behind the car. So Joe didn't want to like hit the kid. But it was like that was the dad's way of like saying, you know, you need to come and sign this autograph.
3: I have heard those stories. I hate those stories. I'm like, you know, you also have these people who want 10, 25, 50 autographs on baseball, on cards or whatever. I'm not that person. Yeah. I will say please. I will say thank you always because that's how my parents raised me. You know, I will have at most one to two autographs because I don't need 25 autographs to the same guy to put on eBay to sell. Right, right. You know, right. I'm just like, I'm just like those people are the people who, pardon the phrase, screw it up for everybody. something worse for everyone else. <laughs> Hey Brett, w- yeah. were you an autograph guy when you were a kid?
4: You know I was. Uh, so my first game was 1980. I was seven. That was my uh, my seventh birthday. My grandparents took me in 1980, um, and but I didn't. So I have I have a couple of the same as as you do. Uh, I have Rob Andrews and I have uh, uh, Daryl Evans and and. The Daryl. The Daryl Evans one is great because my parents were at spring training a couple of years ago. So they got him he actually signed the ball. Oh, that's awesome. And that's then cool. he he said, Here, take a picture of me holding the ball for your son, also.
3: So I got a picture Darryl, of him holding Darryl the ball Evans he signed is a to last so. guy. He is absolute one hundred percent class. I heard waiting outside the locker room up in Chico and he came out and he's like, Oh, thank you so much for waiting. And I'm sorry I was late. And uh, You know, really a nice guy who shows up for all of the Willie Mack award events and just the nicest guy. And I'm like, you know, that's why part of the reason why I'm a baseball fan and he wears his 84 tigers world series ring. And, you know,
4: Yeah, he was my first favorite player because his last name is Evans. My last name is Evans. So I always hoped that someday I would find out he was my (laughs) long-lost uncle. But it never came to be.
3: (laughs) I find it weird that, you know, and I'm not entirely proud of this, but I used to show up at players' houses, you know, and I did show up at Rob Andrews' house. (laughs) And, you know, and I would knock on his door and I'm like, I'm sorry to bother you. And, I, you know, <laughs> you know, and he would be like, yeah, come in, you know, and he would see, he signed my media guide and said, you know, my brother is with the Red Sox. And he, you know, because his brother was Mike Andrews, who mm-hmm. was connected with the Red Sox charity. And could you make a contribution towards this charity? And you know, I said, and I gave him $10 and he signed my media guide. And I'm like, thank you so much. and I'm sorry to bother you. and you know. And, you know, not every player is, you know, that way, but it's not really nice when they are. And, you know, I always try to be, you know, kind of not shy because I feel like, but that's kind of my nature and it's like, I apologize for showing up at their doorstep too.
4: <laughs> so yeah. uh, but, you know, I'm sure they understand and the majority of them understood that this is a mission. Yeah. Uh, and again, being remembered as a I baseball when player, they looked
3: at the media guide they got to do was a mission. Right, right, right. Yeah. Know, well, and they saw fan. teammates
4: did it. They saw teammates did it. So they thought, well, I don't want to be that one that doesn't do it. My teammates right. did it. So I'm yeah. going to jump in too.
3: Yeah. Um, although I did have one who, I had to contact the local police department to kind of <laughs> facilitate that.
2: They didn't, they didn't give you your guide back there.
3: They did not oh, That man. was skip, skip James who did not have much of a major league career. And I ended up writing a letter to his local police department. And I got a call back from his local police department who said, you know, yeah. And how many, uh, what's it worth? And I didn't have an answer for that right away. And they said, well, is it worth $1,000? And I said, yeah, probably. I mean, it had, you know, McCovey and, you know. And they said, great. If he doesn't sign it send it back, we'll charge him with a felony. And I'm wow. Thinking, Jesus. You know, anyway, not what <laughs> yeah, I expected. <laughs> and I got it back within a week. And I expected it to say kind of F you. <laughs> if James, and it didn't. But I got it back. And I was like, cool. And then the the media representative from the police department still got in touch with me and said, "Did you get it back?" And I said, "Yes." Thank. I sent her a thank you note. I did not send him a thank you note. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it doesn't. You know, he could have just because I contacted him, spoke to his wife, who said, "Yeah, he'll sign it and send it back." And they didn't do it. So, so
4: it was. So he sent it back signed. He actually signed. it. He actually sent it back signed. Wow, that's amazing. You would I, had think, yeah. <laughs>
3: who, I had one guy who, I, you know, and that, I had a different guy who I sent it to who ended up holding on to it, and I got it back. The weird thing about the media guide, and I cannot wrap my brain around it, is I had one guy, I had Johnny LeMaster, who was a really nice guy, and I, like, talked to him, and he was coaching college baseball, and he was the nicest guy, and I felt so badly for him because he got so much... Shit when he played for the Giants.
2: I was about to yeah. say, I hope he's teaching, uh, coaching defense and, and not oh, hitting. He
3: is, he was, but he was <laughs> the nicest guy. And he said, Yeah, let me check with my post office. And he sent it back. And I got it back the day that the new ballpark opened. Oh, wow. And then the other wow. one I got back was what's his name? I can't remember his name. He was Art Gardner. Oh, who, yeah maybe had a cup of coffee if that and i got that back the day that i got back from the giants first world series parade oh wow Wow. and i cannot explain (laughs) there's no explanation in the world that can you know why did i get it back on those two specific days i have yeah (laughs) so So. uh
2: first Thanks for thanks for doing this. I know we've been oh, kind of planning so much, it out thanks. for for this holiday time frame when, you know, there's not a whole lot of Giants news, except there's like a ton of Giants news right now, for whatever reason. But
3: and for some reason, a ton, too, <laughs> yeah, a ton of Mets news. Yeah, but is there enough uh, Mets news
4: <laughs> in,
2: in, in Brown's piece about you? Was mm-hmm. there something that he couldn't put in that you thought was a kind of a, a cool story that he wasn't able to put in for whatever reason?
3: The one, you know, aside from my friend Nick, it's like I could not have done this without my friends. I had a friend of mine, Jean-Marie, who I absolutely loved. We were good friends in college. I went to a small college, and we ended up being really good friends. And one day she called me up, and, you know, I was in the process of getting divorced, which is difficult. Yes. And she said to me, you know, you don't spend Okay. What's going on? And I said, you know, I'm getting divorced. And she goes, well, you need to come down to LA. And I said, okay, let me get the time off from work. And, you know, so I took the time off from work. I came down, you know, and it was a week off from, you know, whatever part of the phrase, shit you're going through sure. in your head. You know, it was like we just spent time together and you know, I drove back, and on my drive back, I stopped off in Bakersfield, and they Dennis Little John was the Giants' backup, backup, backup catcher, <laughs> but he was in the media guide. So I stopped off at his apartment building, knocked on his door, and I'm like, you know, he Dennis and Little John, and he's like, yeah, you know, big. He was a big hulking guy, and I'm not. <laughs> and he signed my media guide, and he said, thank you. And I drove on the rest of the way. And, you know, it was like, I never really kind of thought about that until, you know, I was taking care of my mother and she was dying of cancer. And it was like, it was just, you know, and one day I got a call and it was my friend Jean-Marie's, it was Jean-Marie's number. And I answered and I'm like at the dialysis place with my mom and, you know, I'm just like struggling. And I thought, God, Jean-Marie knows that I need Mm -hmm. her. And it turned out it was her daughter. And she said, you know, sorry, you know, mom passed away. She had colon cancer. And I was like, okay. And I was like, it took me about 10 minutes to process through all this. And it was like, you know, to me, it came down to the fact that your friends are there, whether you need them or not. And whether you know that you need them or not, they are still there for you.
2: That's awesome. So uh, that was I mean, one it, it, it story makes,
3: that didn't quite get into the article,
2: but it, but it makes that journey worth it when you can do it with others and they understand how My much this means.
3: Never got it, but they were like. It's Charles being Charles. And,
4: and, uh, <laughs> well, and 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 yeah. reading the reading the article and listening to your stories today and how everything just kind of came together. Uh, growing up as kids, you know, we played baseball. We coached baseball, little league, uh, went to the ballpark all the time. Huge, huge baseball fans, and, and we've always believed in the baseball gods. Mm-hmm. And, and so, there's a lot of people Absolutely. nowadays who who maybe don't. But but if you read this and you listen to you. The baseball gods are real. They wanted this to happen yeah. and this happened. I
3: I sincerely believe that. I sincerely believe that they do. Um, you know, I will be honest, I'm not a fan of Barry Bonds. You know, <laughs> I'm just I think the steroid thing, I think 2002, I think you know, it's no, you know. Yeah. And the weird the one of the weird things is I'm just you know, I don't know if this caps it off or whatever. But my mom died in 2014, and a few days after that, I'm in this in Hayes Valley and I'm meeting, you know, one of my best friends. And and he was going to take me out to dinner. And, you know, and I'm like trying to, you know, calculate, you know, my mom, who was not a baseball fan, but who said to me at one point, I think it was 2012, said, I don't know why baseball means so much to me, but I'm, it means so much to you, but I'm glad that you love it so much. And we were in this little shop, and this woman, come, you know, and she had a couple like baseball pictures. And it turns out it was her grandfather who was a baseball player who had played in the PCL. And she says, you know, watch the shop. And my b- buddy and I, who had no retail experience, were like, okay. And we're hoping nobody comes in. <laughs> and she comes back and she goes, here, I want you to have this. And it was, his 2010 world series ring or no 20 i'm sorry it was his 1922 world series ring because he was the backup catcher on the world series team wow with john mcgraw with you know and you know and the next time i was in the neighborhood i brought her my mom had like ceramic ceramic rabbits so I brought her one of my mom's ceramic rabbits, and I thought, and I've had people on the internet so say, "Well, is that a fair trade?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It's not a fair trade, but it's karma, and it's you yeah. know what you should have in life." Hang on, yeah, Wait, let me- there you
4: go,
2: right there. That's there awesome. I
3: go. Yeah, that's awesome. and
4: different things mean different things to different people. So I mean, right. that rabbit could have meant the world to her. You know, so
3: and it's, the ring it's... meant the world to me. And right. at one exactly. point, it priced and somebody said five thousand. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, good, no. to know, yeah, gonna... good
2: to know. And yeah, good to know. Okay, so as we as we uh, let you go here, is do you catalog any of your journeys anywhere? Like, can people follow you? Can people find some of the? I'm on the
3: Instagram. Things? I'm on Facebook. I don't do Twitter.
2: Um, but, How can they find you on those? I
3: think I'm on. Say I'm on eBay. But um,
2: <laughs> eBay um, a way to follow. I'm on eBay. All yeah, the time. yeah,
3: Um I do buy a lot of like baseball stuff on eBay, so they know me well. Yeah. Um, as far as like Facebook, I think I'm like SeaFrock. It's either SeaFrock or SeaFrock Twenty Two. I can't remember which one. But it's like you know you can look through my posts and it's like. It's a lot of Giants stuff. It's a lot of baseball stuff, you know. But it's like, you know, I th- my view is it's like if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it, kind of, you know, at least with regards to baseball. And I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I like baseball history. And there's a lot of baseball history that I think follows along with, you know, American history. I mean, it's, you know it's fun it's interesting it's you see dimensions of history that you wouldn't ordinarily get
2: yeah you can find charles on instagram at c f r a c c 22 he's yes. got some pieces up there he's got also the ring he's got a springsteen photo up
3: there oh i, I love bruce nice. he's the boss yeah. <laughs>
2: hey uh charles thanks for uh thanks for hanging out with us and you are you know, very
3: welcome Thank if we you. have any
2: uh 70s giants questions we'll have to we'll have to send you an email because that uh, that that is one of my goals is uh to learn a little bit more about those teams from the 70s because it's a blind you know, spot for me you
3: know, i i have a friend who wrote my friend lincoln mitchell who i've known since i was a kid who wrote a spectacular book Um Sorry to be pitching his book. but
4: No, please do.
3: Um, Who wrote a book about kind of the Bob Lurie era of Giants baseball, which is fascinating. And what is the book called? Ooh, geez. Put me on the spot.
4: <laughs> uh, what was your friend's name again?
3: Lincoln Mitchell.
4: Lincoln Mitchell. All right. Let's he's, look what, him he's... up on Amazon and see if we can find him here. The Giants oh. and Their City. Yes. There we All go.
2: All right. There we go. We'll have to – uh yeah. Yeah, 1976
3: to 1992. He's, he's a PhD from Columbia. I've known him since I was like five five or six years old, you know. He also got me hooked into Star Trek.
4: <laughs> yeah, Nice. <laughs> so,
2: and it is it is on Kindle, too. It's on it's in paperback and on Kindle on Amazon, yeah, so I'm going to have to pick that up for he's sure. He's got
3: a couple other baseball books that are on there that are really good, you know.
2: All right, Charles, thanks again. Um, Thank you so much. I'm glad. I uh, re- really enjoyed this, this, and, and we'll, we'll keep in touch uh, right. with, with, the, with your journeys and such. All right. Thanks to, uh, thanks to thanks Charles, Charles there. All right, Brad. We have a, a bunch of news to get to, but before that, I just wanted
4: you to be able to show off your, <laughs> your drink for the evening. My drink for the evening, my, my sister's fiance was very kind. She bought me a bottle of uh, Frey Ranch. Frey Ranch is, is right outside, or they're in Fallon, which is outside of Reno. You go east out of Reno on 80, like you're heading to the, the, the desert, and Fallon is basically the desert. Um, and uh, they have a distillery out there. These guys, I've been wanting to get their stuff for a while. I've had some of their regular bourbon um, you know, at restaurants around town because they're pretty big here in Reno, but this is their straight rye whiskey. It's a hundred proof. And, uh, oh my goodness. It is, it is very peppery, very rye. So if you like rye, if you like your rye to be peppery, this is the one to go with. Got it in the new, in the new mug there. There uh, The new whiskey glass. If you look, you look around, I don't want to tip it too far, but there you go. You got the Giants logo at Uh, the bottom. So, you know, when you see the Giants logo and it's clear, you need to refill. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So, uh, so for me, um, Crystal
2: made eggnog over the Christmas holiday. And so in order to make the eggnog, she had to use every bit of bourbon that I had. So I'm all out of bourbon. (laughs) And so I was, uh, yeah, I was stuck with... uh, it's stuck not that i don't enjoy it, but i just had to <laughs> i just had tequila and so uh i had tequila and i remembered that some people do tequila and, and coke it's not as great as as bourbon or or whiskey and coke but i wanted to use my new glass now i am not a game of thrones watcher but i feel like this glass kind of explains our podcast a little bit now can you can you see what this says
4: I see it. I drink and I know things. I've heard this phrase before. <laughs> so, uh, that that's kind of us uh, on this show. At least at least we think we know things. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, so uh, some... ours is more like we drink and we say things. <laughs> I think it's kind of more more hitting it on the nose.
2: <laughs> uh okay, so we have to talk about this Carlos Correa story. Oh, my we, goodness. we 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 never the, ending. We did the emergency podcast. Uh, when uh, he <laughs> uh, he and the Giants could not come to agreement, right? And we went through the whole thing from soup to nuts, beginning to end, and we thought the story was going to stop there. Carlos Correa is with the Mets, and it may very much end up that way. But uh, it sounds like he and the Mets are still trying to figure things out. I don't know if the 12 for 315 is still what he is going to sign for. Uh, but yeah, they have hit the same snag that the Giants hit, which is there is questions about his medicals. Now, the the Twins beat writer for The Athletic had posted something about, uh, I think it was in September, Correa w- was stealing a base and he slid into second and he felt a little bit of like numbness in his knee that he said was because of the, the plate or the rod that is in his knee. And so I think that's kind of what this whole thing boils down to. We actually wondered if it was the back, but it is wow. actually the knee ankle area. I think it may actually even be closer to the ankle. So this uh, this deal that was first a thirteen year deal for the Giants for three fifty, then became a twelve year for three fifteen with the Mets. It is still out there, and he has not signed that deal because they are questioning his medicals as well. Do you have a prediction on how this
4: ends? Because I'm just like, what is going on here? We've never seen this before from what I can remember. No, I don't think anybody has a prediction, but thanks for asking. No, I have no idea. I mean, this is I haven't seen anything. like We've been following baseball for years I and mean, we were just yeah. talking about it with Charles. Yeah. I have not seen anything like this before. Not at this uh, large I, of a scale for sure. No, because you're talking a $350 million player that the giants were going to offer and now a $315 million player. Um, I could I could sit here and predict that somebody's going to sign him like the Giants will jump in and say let's give you a 3-year deal with a opt out after every year for <laughs> 40 million a year. So here's <laughs> 120 million for 3 years and you can opt out after every year. Uh something like that. I, I but that's I don't even know because now the, the rumor is that the Korea uh, camp and Boris don't want to renegotiate any of the terms because Cohen has pretty much come out and said, we're signing him. Look, we got Korea yeah. and it's a done deal. And now they have questions about the physical. So they're saying, oh, no, you said this is a done deal. You went to the media. So here's what we're doing. 12 years, $315 million. If you don't like it, we will go elsewhere. And I, and I wonder if there's a way because he has
2: said he doesn't really care about the luxury tax. He's kind of scoffed at it and like made jokes about it. Yeah, I wonder if they can make the years in which they're not too worried about. Let's say that's five years. You know, by the time mm-hmm. he's in his early to mid thirties, after the five years, um, maybe the maybe those years. They pay him forty million or forty five, and then the rest of the contract it just gets like cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, and then the risk, you know, in those later years is kind of lessened because you've paid him so much money up front. I wonder if you could do something like that rather than go, well, we're going to make it a three year deal because that's obviously not what he wants. He wants that long longevity. But if you if they don't care about the the uh, the average um, annual value. Then maybe they can do something with the math to lessen the the risk in, in the amount of millions they're paying him later in the contract, where they may be might be a little bit more worried. But then again, maybe the worry is that he's not going to last, you know, even in those those five years or, or, or whatever. So that's just we just don't have a lot of. Uh, insight into what's going on there's no there's no real transparency going on they're they're all trying to figure things out but um
4: yeah and and from the medical side too, what we haven't seen, I'd love to see a doctor come out and say, well here's the concern here here's here's what the issue could be, and this is why everybody's balking at what's going on right now uh because again, like you said too, you could bring down the a a v later in the contract, but then maybe they're scared that makes him too easy to trade to the pirates. I'm picking right. on the pirates. Cause they're, I don't know if they'll ever be good again, yeah. but, if you, but if you, but then, then you could just trade them to the pirates. Pirates could eat that money. Giants could eat that money. And then he's in, you know, baseball purgatory. I'm sorry, Pirates fans. I, it's, it's kind of, I don't mean to be so mean, but. O- but O'Neill Cruz is hitting 30 bombs next year. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still going to hit 210. So, <laughs> but, and, and just, and continue to be huge. Yeah. Shortstop. But what is he like 6'8", foot eight, yeah, so, eight shortstop. So, so yeah. Luciano has, has, uh you know, has some promise of being the tall guy, but yeah. So I wonder if they think like, Hey, we can do that. We can trade him down. And Boris is thinking, I don't want my client to go to baseball purgatory later in his career. He still wants to be playing in meaningful games later on. So you could do a no trade, but that kind of throws everything off. So I don't even know what to think. I kept looking all day. I go, what's going to be done today. Right? Nothing, nothing at all. We haven't heard a word. No. And Boris gave Boris gave the giants to one p m the day of the press conference, but he 's given the Mets as long as they want, and I think it's obviously because Correa has decided he wants to be a met yeah he doesn't necessarily didn 't necessarily want to be a giant, but he really wants to be a met, so he'll wait that out and try to figure out what's going on see i think he, I think he wanted to be a giant, but the
2: the um the flip side is that his boy Lindor is is in New York, and I think that I don't I don't know Carlos obviously I don't really know, I haven't really followed his makeup, but there's something about not be not having to be the lead dog, and maybe he still would have right. to be the lead dog in New York, but they have Verlander and they have Scherzer. And they have Pete Alonzo and they have Lindor and, you know, they also re-signed their center fielder to, to major, major cash. So he's kind of a piece of the puzzle rather than the significant player on that team. And with the giants, yeah. he would have to be that, that significant player. So from a um, anxiety standpoint, it probably, even though it is in New York, it probably is a little bit less for him to play in New York. So I don't know if that's it. That's kind of how I've seen it. Um, But as we all saw, like he was literally there at the ballpark in the ho- hotel, waiting to be announced, looking for With the family too. Lo- yeah. Looking for possible places to, to buy a, a home in San Francisco. So um, yeah. So that whole thing. Now we pivot because the giants not making the Correa deal. They, immediately uh, jumped back into it and they signed Michael Conforto who missed all of last season. They signed him to a two year, $36 million deal, but there is an opt out after the first year. And I actually don't like this contract. And I'm going to tell you why the, the Manea and Stripling contracts with the opt outs. I'm more fine with those because the giants have a waiting in the wings, Kyle Harrison, who if things yeah. go well and he doesn't have to pitch in San Francisco until maybe later in the year, or even the the next year, there's cushion there for when Manea and Stripling are like, all right, I had a good season. Thank you guys. I'm leaving with Conforto. The giants do not have anybody waiting in the wings. So if he has a great season, it's peace out. If he has a bad season, then they're on the hook for whatever the 18 million is or whatever. And, So I just don't like that because it works from a, from the pitching perspective because they had arms and in, in this perspective for the giants, they don't have a bat necessarily waiting in the wings to come play a corner outfield spot when he decides to hit the market again next year. So the other thing is that I I, I get kind of worried that this team is so in love with these one-and-one deals that if you are a Shohei or you're uh, a Juan Soto, you, you have like four or five or six guys sort of looking at the Giants as you are going to help me get back into free agency. And if I'm a big-time free agent and I'm ready to sign this 9 or 10000000 dollars or $10 million or 10-year deal, I don't want the team to be the team that gets the one-and-ones. I want the team that is willing to invest in players because would you advise anybody – if you if you're a friend who's a Giants fan is like, God, Conforto is, is awesome. Uh, I want to get my kid a jersey, you go, No, don't. And yeah. <laughs> it, it's gonna last for like a year, maybe not even a year. They could trade it, not him at even that.
4: Yeah, not even a year and and not even 162 games. You got a guy coming off of a major surgery who missed all of last year. And, you know, the Giants, you know, Kapler's not going to play him like 158 games this year. He's going to play in 110, 120. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're, I know where you're coming from. And and I, and it is frustrating too, because you see like, so Hanneker signs a three-year deal, right? That's the biggest deal. The Giants have signed a free
2: agent to since. Yeah their own uh, i'm I'm talking about bringing in a new guy right for like yeah forever. well Listella
4: was a three-year deal but, he but was not like not 15 million or 20 yeah or exactly like that. it was low risk yeah but then you get conforto so then then you then you start thinking okay well, well we got conforto but it, you know it, it was a three-year deal with a one-year opt-out the frustrating thing is Was he looking for that? Was he saying, I want to go somewhere. I'm coming off the surgery. I want to prove prove myself. Then I want to get that five-year bank. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to use the Giants as a stepping stone. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to play good baseball. Um, you know, not the greatest place to show your offensive talents at Oracle park. That's the only issue. Um, but is he coming here thinking he can win? I mean, so, so which one is it? Are you showcasing or are you thinking you're going to win some ball games and then you want to stick around? You don't want to opt out. Um, so as a Giants fan, that's, that's, that's extremely frustrating. Um, uh, I I and and this was the season. This was the season I had I had given Zadie up until this year because we knew all this money was coming off the book. So yeah, looking at this season and not getting judged so far, not getting Correa, uh, and then signing more one-year opt-out deals, it's frustrating. I'm a frustrated Zadie. Follower, I almost said fan, but I don't even think I'm a Zadie fan anymore. I'm a Zadie follower now at this point. Uh, and, and look, I it is nothing against
2: Conforto at all. No, absolutely uh, not. I, I just you know, you, when you think of a team, you want to root for your guys, but to me, in my headspace, after seeing Radon, who we loved last year, he was awesome. Yeah, there is frustration in him leaving even though we knew that's what he was signed to do but he was so good you kind of go man I wish he was on our team for another three or four years and that's what's going to happen here is if Conforto has a bounce back season and he's a, a, a plus you know player and just excellent season and and he's easy to root for then you're like, oh, but we only really have him for one year. And that can be a little frustrating. Like it, you want to sink your teeth into this team and you want to root for your guys. Uh, the team who brought Buster Posey up and he's only played for one team. Brandon Belt has only played for one team. Brandon Crawford has only played for one team. And this is kind of what made this team so popular. You, these guys you could root for year in and year out. And now they've actually flipped it the other way. And it's guys who are signing one-year deals, and it's you know we 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 put the qualifying o- offer on Jock, and so we do get him for the next year, but it's only for this year. The next year he could be a free agent and go anywhere he wants. So that's it's, uh, it's a, that's part of a yeah. part of the problem, especially when they did the the worst attendance in in Oracle Park history last year.
4: Yeah, and it's a catch twenty-two because here's Conforto. You get to the All-Star break, and he's got. 17 bombs and he's hitting 305 and you go, well, that's great. We're not going to see him next year. So awesome. Now what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: on the other hand, Taylor Rogers is going to be a lot of fun. You know, the one Mm -hmm. thing that, that it, it says though, to me, he, he signed for three years. Does
4: that mean Tyler Rogers is going to be signed for the next three years as well? Well, let's, you know what? I've been meaning to look at that because I, that's one thing I forgot to look up this week Um, was I wanted to see what Tyler Rogers remaining. So he's Tyler. He's got options, you're, right? You're John's not going to believe this. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Tyler Rogers is a free agent in three years. Oh, so, perfect. So yeah, there that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes yeah. A, so they're a whole lot of sense. They'll both be free agents in 2026. So yeah, so that yeah that works, and you know Taylor Rogers I think is a
2: a a very energetic arm out of the bullpen for them, and I think they will use him pretty much the the not, not I don't want to say perfectly, but the way that they will use him, it will be in in places for him to be super successful. Having that lefty righty combination with him and Duvall. Because uh, they had to use Duvall a lot last year. So having another yeah. reliable, dependable arm right there, uh, I think will be good. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun story. And I think it'll actually help to have him in that bullpen. And uh, maybe it'll even help his brother. Because, you know, we even though the the super analytics say that his brother was almost the same pitcher, the results were not the same when it came to the game. And maybe there's things that, you know, having his his best friend on the team will uh will, will be good for him, but uh, okay. So we, we wrapped up sort of the newsy stuff after we, we had a chance to talk to Charles, uh, Charles had reached out to me. Gosh, it's been, uh, it was during the season sometime. And I was, and, and I kept him on, I kept him in my inbox. Cause I, I did want to talk to him. And uh, then we figured like, Oh Yeah you know, holiday season, there's going to be no Giants news. Let's bring them in. And then there was so much Giants news, but (laughs) we, we, uh, we, we were able to talk to him. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, You know, we got to talk to, to, to Justin uh, a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's, it's fun when you kind of break it up and you bring on people to chit chat here and there, and hopefully we can do a little bit more of that in 2023 where we bring some more folks
4: on to chat about the Giants, man. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the amount of Giants fans that we run into. I mean, we always thought we're like super fans. We're huge fans. Yeah. We're, we're big fans. And then we we reach out and we talk to, you know, everybody who's listening, we really appreciate you listening in the first place. Um and, and it's just fun to talk Giants baseball. Um and, and then you run into a guy like Charles and you go, man, this guy. He's a super fan. I I mean, going out and, and, and for just for the younger generation, I forgot to mention this earlier, uh, a media guide (laughs) is the roster button on the (laughs) giants website. So, so when you go to the Giants website and you click on roster, that's a media guide, but in paper, that's what we had. My first media guide was 82, I think. There you go. Uh, And I still have it. I still have it up with all my magazines and stuff. So, um, that's just fun. I mean, we, we could sit here, we can, we could just pick off random giants fan off the street and bring them on and, and just chat baseball with them. Giants baseball for hours. Yes.
2: That's, yeah, that's totally. what we do. All right. Uh, so we're done here. Just want to make note that, um, the YouTube channel, I, I think I mentioned it a couple of times here. We're, we're, we're putting lots of clips on the YouTube channel. We'll, we'll clip the entire Charles interview and make it its own video after yeah. we're done, probably sometime I'll, I'll put it up sometime during the week. And uh, yeah, if you are subscribing to the podcast feed, the BSPN podcast feed, give us uh, you know give us uh, some, some ratings there. five stars and if you write a little review,'ll we'll, we'll read them on uh, some of the shows on one of the, the three shows depending on uh, uh, on what's the right one to read your review on. And uh, yeah, so YouTube, the podcast feed, you can find us on social, uh, on this for for this uh, website at, at at I'm sorry for this podcast at Thompson to Clark on Twitter, but on Instagram we are at BSPN shows. So uh, all right, we'll we'll be back next week in 2023, and uh, Brad, hope that you and your family have a, a great New Year's. You and well. I, I saw the Christmas photos. I know you guys had a great Christmas, and I know you yeah had a good time
4: brand spanking new car it's a it's yes. good times in the evans family that was a necessity more than anything because when you have the three drivers you got to have the three cars sometimes because you don't want to be stranded somewhere and try to fight <laughs> over a car there that's you go not- <laughs> there you go all right so for charles want to say
2: thank you to charles for charles for brad i am double g we will see you next week peace out peace
0: when you drive the most dependable mass market brand, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the number one most dependable mass market brand three years in a row by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires.
1: Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among mass market brands in the J.D. Power 2021-2023 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Studies. 2023 study based on 2020 models. See JDPower.com slash awards for 2023 details.